0: Welcome to this week's episode of Fly on the Wall. I'm Alex. I'm Abby. And we are back after quite a long hiatus. Your old host, back ready to host this very exciting episode.
1: We're, uh, so before we get into who today's episode is on, please follow us on social media at Fly on the Wall Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you have any questions, comments, want to just chit chat with us, you can email us at podcast at gmail.com.
0: And today on the pod we have someone who we've been hoping to have on the pod for a very long time and that is dan pfeiffer dan Dan pfeiffer has his own podcast as a matter of fact pod save america over at crooked media but before his life as a podcaster Uh, Dan was the senior advisor to the president under Barack Obama and prior to that was Obama's White House director of communications He also worked on both Obama campaigns So we are very excited to pick his brain about his experience and also talk about his new book Which is why he's on campus today to talk about his new book Untrumping America, which is essentially a playbook on how to uh, Fix American democracy after the Trump presidency. So without further ado, let's welcome Dan Pfeiffer to fly on the wall Dan Pfeiffer welcome to fly on the wall. We're super excited to have you here. I am glad to be here. Um, I want to start by talking a little bit about your experience on the Obama campaign mm. in 2012, specifically, which you recently wrote about in a piece for Politico. Yep. Um, so you wrote that, for example, the Romney camp's fixation on attacking Obama allowed Obama uh, to define Romney to yep. voters. Yeah. Um, how did you narrow in on the most important elements of Romney's record and background uh, to to put forward to voters? Well, in and the reason. So you referenced a
2: piece around Politico, which was basically a, a less a some advice for whoever our Democratic nominee is that if you make this all about Trump, you're going to lose. And that, and that was a mistake Romney made. He made it all about Obama. He never ran any ads about himself, never talked about his record, his life experience, who he was. And so he left this vacuum. Now, it was pretty, Romney, there was an obvious play against Romney, which was he was a very wealthy guy who had gotten rich um, working in private equity where he would often buy a company, outsource the jobs, ravage the company for profit, and then close it down. And that's not particularly popular behavior in America. And so, but what made that attack powerful was his policies supported that kind of economic behavior. That we were able to say because he had this tax cut for the incredibly wealthy, uh, that raised taxes on the middle class. That his what his record in business was indicative of the kind of president he would be. And so that was his glaring. Uh, sort of obvious target that was sitting there for us and Romney made it quite easy to make that the central piece of information people knew
0: about him. And then one difference that you mentioned between 2012 and now Uh, that you mentioned in the article, was that you had the unenviable task of defending an economy where unemployment was still high. It was improving, but slowly. Um, Whereas now, Democrats are running against an incumbent who inherited, but has managed not to screw up, in your words, a very strong economy. Uh, So how how do Democrats play that balancing act? Well, I think what we have to do is basically
2: do the inverse of what Obama did in 2012. So what Obama did in 2012 was he but obviously, we had to talk about the economic progress we had made, and that the economy was going in the right direction. But we all, we cannot allow it to simply be this up or down vote. Are on is the economy as it is today as good as you as you need, as you want it to be, your family needs it to be? Because we would have lost under that consideration because we were still coming back from the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression. Growth was getting better but slower on the point where it was coming down, but slower than people would like. And so we had to make this make the economic conversation about fairness was the economy fair and who was going to fight to make it more fair and because of romney's business record and his policies I mentioned before obama was able to i think both politically wise and substantively correct explain show that he was the one who would fight for middle and working-class families and romney would fight for corporations and the very wealthy and the obama position is much more popular and so if democrats this time have to take if the if the question is is the economy working trump will win the election because Unemployment rate is low, stock market is high. But if we – but the, so the question Democrats want voters to ask is, who is the economy working for? And in this world, there is this very powerful message, I believe, which is corporations have – under Donald Trump, corporations have never, never made more money and they've never paid less in taxes. While wages have barely gone up and the cost of college, healthcare, housing, energy have continued to skyrocket. And Trump will continue to ensure that the, that the economy works for corporations, Wall Street, the very wealthy, and a Democrat in search of a chosen nominee here will fight to make, to make sure that the gains from the economy are spread out to everyone. And so that is a task for Democrats. It's not an easy task, but I think there are lessons to be learned from 2012.
1: <laughs> So we, of course, have to talk about your book on Thank Trumping you. America. Yes. Yeah, just plugged by the book on yes. Trumping America. It's essentially a playbook on how to fix our democracy mm-hmm. after Trump's presidency. So without spoiling too much of yep. the book, what do you think are the some of the main takeaways? What
2: I, I've really come to this conclusion over the last several years, since Trump's been elected. And I think we saw it during the impeachment, is that America is in this, what I think is a very dangerous situation over the long term, which is, are the american people are becoming they're more progressive more diverse and younger that's the american population that and the but our govern the people who are making decisions on politics and the people who benefit from our political system are part of a mostly white shrinking conservative minority and so if you have a shrinking white conservative minority governing a uh diverse progressive Majority that that is very dangerous for the system, and this is not an accident. The Republicans have seen this coming for a long time, and so the lesson that I would the the, the sort of the message I would have to people is what my well, like my takeaway for people who were to buy the book is there's nothing more important than beating Trump in 2020, but beating Trump is not enough. In order if we're actually going to be able to live in a world where we can pass, where we we're going to have universal health care, we can save the planet, we can put in place common sense gun control measures like background checks, we have to change our democracy because right now the deck is stacked and the game is rigged against Democrats and progressives.
1: Yeah. And you hinted at a couple of these, but if you could wave a magic wand and make one big structural change to America's democracy, what would that be?
2: It is hard to pick among among my chapters, uh, but I think, <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> uh, I think if you could... So we're waving a wand, so we're not uh, – we have magic at our side. We're not yeah, forced to – Yeah, the
1: political reality. Yeah, <laughs> political reality
2: is I would make it that uh, every American was automatically registered to vote when they turned 18 and that every state had uh, – and everyone in the country could vote like you vote in Colorado and Oregon and California where you can vote by mail. And mm-hmm. so like, if, if, it, if we registered everyone to vote automatically, that would in- include – uh, I actually am very open to lowering the voter, e- voter age to 16, but uh, would include everyone turns 18. It would include um, felons who have paid their debts to society. Mm-hmm. We I want, to, I want as many people to vote as possible. I want to make it as easy as possible because I think the more people who feel like they have a stake in our democracy and the future of our country, uh, we will have more. I think every part of our country will function better and we will be able to make progress on
0: – really important things that have been stymied for way too long. So as most of our listeners probably know, this is not the only podcast you've ever been I'm on.
2: Familiar, I'm familiar. I, there are some other po- I've dabbled in <laughs> podcasting, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh,
0: you do happen to have one of your own, uh, Pod Save America, over at Crooked Media. Yep. Um, so you and the rest of the team have had Pod Save America for, your, for a few years, but one of the things you've done with it is is, you, is you've used it to help Democrats get out their message and fundraise for programs like yep. Leave It All on the Field, yep. uh, which is one that you're doing right now. Yep. Did you anticipate this from the beginning being a way that you would use Pod Save America, and what do you think the effects of it have
2: been? It it was the hope at the beginning. So the backstory of this is during the 2016 election, first John Favreau and I, and then Tommy Vitor and John Lovett joined us. We're doing this podcast for Bill Simmons's uh, site called The Ringer. It was where it was just, we were just talking about the 2016 election, and it really was a hobby. Bill asked John and I to do the podcast. We thought it'd be a fun way to just talk about the 2016 election that Hillary Clinton was obviously going to win and then Hillary would win. Barack Obama's legacy would be safe. Everything would be fine. We'd go back to doing other things. And obviously, I'm going to spoil, but that did not happen. And <laughs> so the idea behind Pod Save America was, and then ultimately the company Crooked Media, which John, John, and Tommy founded, was to see, like, we'd be able to, we'd build a little bit of an audience with this little Tree podcast called Keep in the 1600. It was like, could we use that audience to that platform we have to do something with it. And and we, you know, whether that would, have, it started out was just by encouraging people to volunteer, right? Like doctor or stuff like that. And this turned out to be a much, uh, it turned out to be much more successful than we ever could have hoped. And so the, like the, the fact that we've been able to raise you know a couple million dollars for Stacey Abrams' group, Fight Action, for some of these groups and, and get people to volunteer campaigns is a huge, It's it is why we're doing it. And I'm very grateful that we have the opportunity.
1: Mm-hmm. And kind of jumping off, off of that, you've had a lot of different guests from, like, local elected officials mm-hmm. to presidential the- candidates. What's the benefit to them for coming on Pod Save America?
2: Well, I think it, for it's different for different people. Mm-hmm. Like, we sort of have um, – like, like, we're trying to manage a couple things, right? We're, well, sometimes it's just, like, who can speak with um, knowledge and perspective about something that's happening in the news, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. that's a reporter, who's been covering it. You know, we've had Dave Weigel from the Washington Post, who was in Iowa a lot, had been on. So he could tell our listeners, like, what's happening on the ground in Iowa. Sometimes it can be a politician, like Adam Schiff has come on to, ex- Adam Schiff has come on to explain what's happening in impeachment. Um, but a lot of the things we love to do is take, um, like, really inspiring activists who are doing really interesting work out uh, in the country, in the communities, in battleground states, wherever else, and, or interesting candidates who aren't well-known, and expose them to our audience in the hopes that um, if our audience likes what they have to say, they could volunteer on their campaign or give money. And so, like, we often do that when there's like a special election that's very important, and maybe people don't realize that it's happening, you know, in some district in Pennsylvania or California or somewhere else. And if we can put that person in front of our audience, that gives them uh, a chance to make their case and maybe tap into the larger progressive uh, network of activists who listen to our, listen to our podcast.
0: Great. And then one last thing that we'd like to do here on Fly on the Wall Mm -hmm. is a lightning round uh, to finish off the interview. I promise these won't be too hard. Okay, uh, But just a couple rapid fire, uh, first thing that comes to mind. Um, Without offending anybody too much, uh, other than Pod Save America, what's your favorite Crooked Media podcast? Uh, That is a really (laughs)
1: tough question (laughs) to answer and then go back
0: to work. I would
2: say that it is probably Pod Save the World because it – like Tommy and Ben are obviously very good friends of mine And they're super smart But it really has helped Like It's my, it's sort of my uh, cheat sheet to understand foreign policy And what's happened in the world like I could read a thousand stories about this Or I could listen to Tommy and Ben explain it to me So I love Pod Save the World
1: Sorry, I can relate um, What's the best class you took as a Hoya?
2: It was called the American Presidency, I think And it was a... Stephen Wayne taught it I don't know if he still teaches here We taught here for a very long time and it was happening during that, I'm so old, during the 1996 election. And so we were covering the election in sort of real, we were like learning about the election in real time. And our, I guess it would have been our midterm or final essay question on the exam was to basically, it must have been the midterm because the election would have happened. So I was taking the fall of '96. Um, As the election was happening so it must have been the midterm was basically like to write a strategy memo to Bob Dole about how Mm -hmm. he could win the election which was like like, he was getting killed so it was sort of like a theoretical exercise at best but it was super (laughs) fascinating It was one of the first times I'd ever been able to like think strategically about
0: politics and I think played a big role in my choosing to go into politics. And then one last question. Uh, Pod Save America is literally the only podcast I've ever listened to oh. where I don't skip the ads oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. because you guys make them fun. Uh, yes. Uh, what is your favorite ever message from a sponsor?
2: Oh, that. I'm tr- I mean, some, some of them I could not uh, read here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a – we once did this podcast where – we did this ad for a podcast. I cannot remember the name. But it was like two or three years ago where it was like uh, – explainer podcasts it was andrew jenks who is a guy who used to have a show on mtv a long time ago and one of the topics that we were like we were reading uh what it was like the like the various topics of this podcast it was like it was sort of like exploring a topic and one of them was so we're just like reading like how does this happen how does that happen one of them is what happened to britney spears <laughs> And then someone just piped up and said, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> and then everyone stopped. And then we left it in. And it was quite controversial at the time. <laughs> People had a lot of strong opinions about what was and wasn't Justin Timberlake's fault in that relationship. <laughs>
0: well, again, thanks so much. New book is called Untrumping America. Uh, thanks for being here. That was great. Thank you, guys.
1: That was Dan Pfeiffer. Thanks for listening.
0: And as a reminder, make sure you follow us on social media. We are at Fly on the Wall Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you want to chat with us, fly on the wall podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much again for listening and we'll see you next week.